Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Laura Klein. Laura is an Alexander Technique teacher in Berkeley, California, and she is she also has a long career in music. She's a, a jazz professional jazz musician, has been performing professionally for over 30 years. Uh, at the moment, uh, two of her current projects are the five-play jazz quintet and the Laura Klein-Ted Wolf duo. And you can hear examples of her playing on her website, and we'll post a link to her uh, site by the interview. And our topic to that today is going to be how the Alexander Technique can help musicians. Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks, Robert. I'm glad to be here. Could you begin by just providing our listeners with a very short description or definition of the Alexander Technique? Well, I think of the Alexander Technique as a great tool for learning and coping with life in general. It's an it's an educational approach, and um, it's a way of becoming more aware of your movement patterns, your overall coordination, and how you react in all your uh, everyday situations and activities. So you learn how to gain more control over those reactions and uh, maybe to change some habits of tension and misuse that uh, are getting in your way. Mm-hmm. And what would be the special draw of the Alexander Technique for a musician? Well, I think there's a number of things that make it particularly useful for musicians, although obviously I think it can be useful for anyone. Um, I mean, you know, musicians and singers, we're, in a way, we're athletes. We don't think of ourselves as athletes, but we are athletes of small movements and um, we really need optimal coordination because if you're doing something that's even a little bit problematic and you're doing it hundreds of times a day, um, it's going to start to cause problems. And, um, you know, I think the majority of musicians, professional musicians, do uh, suffer some kind of injury in the course of their career. So... Obviously, we need all the help we can get. Um, and the other thing is that um, we need to be able to execute our musical conception without any hindrance, either mental or physical. And there are lots of things that can get in the way of us playing or singing at our best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would just I, I would echo that uh, same thought. I I when I first started teaching the technique, a lot of my early students were musicians, and I was astonished at the the uh, the the challenge of playing an instrument professionally, long hours, long rehearsals, same movements over and over again. I used to think athletes were you know what we think of as athletes had very demanding jobs but i would say musicians uh, even more so and uh i i wonder if you could uh talk a little bit about maybe some examples of people you've worked with musicians you've worked with 
Um, sure. I've worked with so many over the years, and of course, um, everybody's got their own particular issues, although some things generalize. Um, I mean, one thing that I've noticed is that um, quite naturally when somebody comes in uh, for lessons, they're usually concerned about the specifics. Um, you know, a, a pianist or a guitarist might be concerned with their hands. Um, a singer might be concerned with breathing. Uh, horn players might be concerned with embouchure. And, um, of course, we we really play or and sing with our whole selves, um, not just one part of ourselves. So one of the tasks that I have as a teacher is to look at not just the specific uh, movements involved in playing, but the person's general, what we call use of themselves, and uh, what you know might be getting in the way of this person's uh, technique and performance. Um, I used to work with a young man who was a conductor, you know, a professional, on, on track to be a professional conductor, and um, he was having a lot of pain conducting, and um, what, what we discovered was that he was really getting his shoulder inappropriately involved in his conducting movements, and that his standing balance was not optimal and um, was interfering with the length of his spine. Um, and when you compress your spine, you're not going to breathe as freely. So um, we were able to resolve those issues, and he was able to start to conduct very comfortably for long periods of time without discomfort. Um, another student that I had was a professional guitarist, you know, was on the road a lot and um, just having hand problems, arm arm problems. And uh, we did both the general Alexander work and a lot of work with him uh, holding his guitar, just looking at how he was holding the guitar, how it was balanced. Um, again, uh, just his overall setup, not just his specific, the specific way he was playing. And... Um, he was then able to play without, you know, pain and discomfort. Mm. Do you find that it's there are any differences when you have students who are jazz musicians as say opposed to classical musicians? Well, um, that's an interesting question. Um, I think the technical issues are the same, but jazz musicians have the added um well <laughs> i don't know whether it's it's both um a challenge and a joy to me uh that they what most of what they're doing is improvisation so unlike classical musicians they can't completely plan for what they're going to play um so it's even more important for them to be able to respond um in the moment um, and not be imprisoned by their habits because in jazz you never know what's going to happen. That's the fun of it. That's the difficulty in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think since Alexander Technique uh, addresses this whole issue of not responding habitually, um, being able to be in the moment, being able to uh, be aware not only of your own 
um, self, but your surroundings. Uh, all these are tremendously helpful in playing jazz because you've got to be listening to what your uh, fellow musicians are doing and be able to respond very immediately. So um, I think, you know, as a jazz musician, I think it's extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. And from the point of view of a musician listening to our conversation, what might be some indications that it would be useful for them to at least investigate the Alexander technique? Well, um, you know, people come to the technique for many different reasons. Um, One of the most common reasons, of course, is if they're having some kind of difficulty, um, you know, pain or um, injury, but uh, sometimes just... Maybe they feel that um, they've hit a wall with their technique, um, that they're somehow not improving, even though they're working at it. Uh, Sometimes people come because they're having, you know, stage fright and anxiety. And um, a lot of times we can really address this through learning how to change the so-called physical response to performing, Um, you know, how to use that... Uh, use the the sort of excitement of performing to enhance your performance rather than to detract from it or get overwhelmed. Um, I think there's a quote that says, uh, don't get excited, be exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. um, and then, you know, uh, It can also improve your stage presence if you don't like the way you look on stage, um, give you more poise, more confidence. Um, You know, a lot of musicians, sometimes they're trying to express themselves musically and they're making movements that are really detracting from their performance. You know, we all know musicians that might play like angels, but they're kind of hard to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe they're making funny facial expressions or grimacing. Uh, They're compulsively hunching over their instruments. And um, it's both nicer for the player and for the audience if they're moving in such a way that's going to um, help the playing and, you know, and be visually attractive. Mm -hmm. So I think all of those are, you know, things that the technique can really address. And... Uh, what was your original reason for taking Alexander lessons? I, I believe you were already studying music, or were you, were you already a musician at that point? Or? Well, I started um, when I was in college, and I was a piano major. I was spending a lot of hours sitting at the piano, as as music majors do, and I started to develop a lot of back pain, um, and uh, this sort of would come and go and then when I graduated and I was out in the world um, I was teaching piano I was playing gigs and I was accompanying dance classes and um, sitting for long hours and the back pain was just getting worse and worse Um, I tried various approaches to um, alleviate it you know medical approaches exercise and Nothing was really working, and then a couple of different people advised me to investigate the Alexander Technique, and uh, as soon as I started taking lessons, I just fell in love with it. I, I 
I didn't really understand it, but mm -hmm. within two or three lessons, I thought, wow, this is really profound. This is helping me. And um, then I, I, so I studied privately for a few years the whole time I was um, a professional musician. And then I just got so involved in the work that I decided to uh, train to teach, which I did from 1984 to 1987. And um, since then, I've continued my professional music career and also had a practice in the Alexander Technique. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you would like to, to add that we haven't touched on that might be of interest to a musician listening to this conversation? Well, um, a couple of things. You know, I originally started studying, as I said, because my back was hurting and I just wanted to make it stop. But once I started taking lessons, I started realizing that all the habits that I brought to playing actually generalized into all my activities. And that not only was the Alexander work helping me to play better and to feel better when I was playing, but it was helping me in other aspects of my life. I was feeling calmer. Um, my general coordination was improving. I had always struggled with swimming, and I became a lap swimmer. Um, so it helped me in a much broader way than I was ever expecting. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's just something that, um, you know, people often find they, they come for a specific reason and then it, it helps them in so many other areas of their life. And the other thing um, that I tell musicians is that um, when you're paying attention in your daily activities, you know, you're out for a walk, you're washing your dishes, you're driving your car, if you're using yourself well um, and all those other things, then when you sit down at your instrument or it's time to sing, you're already well set up. So you can, in a sense, be improving your musical performance even when you're not practicing. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should just elaborate on that concept of the word use or using yourself. It's a an Alexander term. Do you want to say a little bit what it means or would you like me to say something or just... Um, Sure. Well, um, I'll say what I think, and please add whatever um, you would like. Uh, you know, as you go through your day, whatever you're doing, you know, you're speaking on the phone or you're um, getting dressed or taking a shower, brushing your teeth, reading a book, um, you know, using your computer. In all of those activities, you're moving and... Um, the way that you sit, stand, walk, bend, um, you can be doing those things with, you know, efficiency and ease. And we call that using yourself well. Um, or you can be doing those things in such a way that tends towards contraction and tension, unnecessary tension and effort. And that is not optimal good use and often leads to some kind of problem. Mm -hmm. And I think one of Alexander's great discoveries really was that patterns of misuse tend to carry across a wide variety of activities for any individual. That is, someone who 
tightens their neck to play a guitar probably or very likely tightens their neck to walk or to drive their car too absolutely so, Those, yeah, yeah yeah so um Unless you have anything further to add, this might be a good time to to end the conversation. All right, Robert. And I, let, let me just uh, just sort of reintroduce you to the audience quickly. Um, I, I've been speaking today with with Laura Klein, who is an Alexander Technique teacher in Berkeley, California, and she also is uh, a professional. Uh, musician, uh, primarily a, a jazz pianist. And uh, if you are in the Berkeley area, um, give her a call if you'd like to have lessons. And if you're a musician somewhere else and this, uh, this conversation uh, intrigues you, find a teacher in your area and um, maybe have a few lessons. Laura, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you, Robert. It's really been fun.